With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. And bye, Ollie. Go. Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And here, we're here to pre- to preview the penultimate weekend of the NFL season. Week 16 is upon us, including Saturday Night Football, a slate of cracking Sunday games, playoffs to be decided. We'll get into it all. This is the Gridiron Show. Okay, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. A little bit of a reversal of situation in the show this week. No Matt Sherry, because we're recording this uh, a couple of days before Christmas. He's got child things to deal with, etc. I'm in the studio... And Ollie's being the lazy one today. Hey, Ollie. Oh, come on. What? The lazy one? That's out of order, mate. Uh, hold on. I've just accused myself of being the lazy one every other time I've dialed in and you of doing it on just one occasion. Uh, to be fair, it would have been a second occasion if you bothered to wake up last week. Listen. Look, the lazy one up. tag is very much deserved right in this moment. Well, I woke up, you know. I've. Uh, how, many fact, hour, how many hours late was it by that point? I don't know. I, I don't believe that ever happened. And it's like we're, I've That's been because you were asleep while it was happening. I've, I've been awake for half an hour now, and I've been ready to go. And, you know, you've had your soapbox with me off air. That's fine. I'm happy with that. But come on, mate. Let's, let's get going. I've got shit to do. I've got stuff to do today. Oh I'm really God. sorry. This <laughs> is, you come from home. You start swearing your little face off. Who do you think you are, young man? I'm a disgrace. Have you got all your Christmas presents yet? Uh, yeah, I have very few Christmas presents to actually buy this year. So I, uh, I obviously have to buy for my wife, but I took my wife out last night as uh, her proper Christmas present because... Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. You took her out? Yeah. We went, for, went for a meal, went to the theatre. Well, I was, uh, I, was fr- I was free yesterday. Right. <laughs> I'm not taking you out with my wife for our Christmas. Like I'm working so so much over Christmas. I'm doing like the early the early overnight slash show on Talk Sport from like uh Christmas Eve with the uh, oh, no, Christmas Eve yeah morning with the NFL game with Packers Vikings all the way through pretty much till the 2nd of January. So I am not seeing my wife a huge amount over Christmas. We're spending Christmas Day at my family's with me having had like three hours sleep. But otherwise, so I decided to spend some quality time with her before we uh, before we uh, basically didn't sleep in the same bed for two weeks. Uh, I don't think you can claim that I've not invited you to this one, mate. Well, I can. You didn't invite me. And what about our quality time? Did you, you go know? out for Did you go out for Ian Cruz's? That's the man who's leaving Talksport. No one will know who he is. Did you go out for that guy's leaving drinks yesterday? No. Did you go to the darts with the breakfast team? Did they? No, they didn't invite me. So there was three things you weren't invited to last night. Now, well, no, well, no, I was invited to the Ian Cruz thing, but I did. I forgot about it and didn't go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still eight forty-five in the morning, something like that, as we're recording this. And um, uh, none of the bosses are in work yet. What, a fellow presenter on TalkSport 2, Dan Windle, uh, messaged me at about 10.30 last night asking why, uh, why I hadn't come out yet. And I was like, well, because I'm out with my wife. I'm not coming to Cruises ling- Leaving Drinks. And then messaged me saying, uh, about half an hour later, saying, I've just left. I've left uh, managers who will be left nameless. Uh, well-oiled, shall we say. So none of them have appeared in work yet. It's going to be interesting well to see what, st- let's see what state everyone's in today. Why did he say well-oiled? I like well-oiled. That's quite a nice phrase for being drunk. Nah, it's it's the same phrase as the guy who is sat just two studios away from you, two rooms away from you. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. I yeah, can... 100% is, that's, is something he would say. I can see him from here. Oh. 
rocking back and forth, rubbing his little hands. <laughs> Saying things like well-oiled. You've ruined it for me now. I was quite enjoying well-oiled. Cheekily well-oiled. Oh, God. God, stop it, Ollie. Uh, so we've got a, a show for you today. I'm not going to describe what kind of show it is yet because it hasn't happened yet. Normally I'll say a cracking show, but uh, it, based on the fact that I'm very, very tired and Ollie's at home, this could be an absolute shambles, let's be honest. But <laughs> later in the show, we're going to be hearing from either Yannick Ngokwe or Malik Jackson. Okay. Okay. Of the uh, playoff-bound Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. couple of things. That's incredible. But also... Why, why, why is it going to be one of, one of them, not be- both? Because I'm interviewing both of them later on, and I'm just going to decide which interview I prefer and then put it on this podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, how come I'm not invited interviewing them? Right. <laughs> this, this joke has got to stop. You literally <laughs> messaged me yesterday saying, can you interview Malik Jackson tomorrow? <laughs> you asked me to do it. It was you who set the interview up, not me. Either way, it's out of order, mate. You're out of order. This... This has got to stop. I suspect it'll be Malik Jackson we hear from anyway, because Yannick and Gokwe were actually interviewing for the magazine for a future piece. Although I might bring you a little slice of Yannick and Gokwe because I'm going to ask him. He's pretty annoyed about being snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Uh, not a happy chappy whatsoever. Uh, uh, it, I mean, really, at this point, do we care about the Pro Bowl? No, no one does. Um, can you ask Malik Jackson? I spoke to him in the locker room after the Super Bowl win, uh, yeah. Super Bowl 50. I'm going to mention that and he him. And he said that that Denver defense was as good as the Chicago Bears 1980s defense. How does this one stack up? Great question, Ollie. Well done, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well done, well, buddy. You know, so it would have been good if I could have uh, asked it myself, but seeing as I'm not allowed to by you, that's fine. Malik Jackson is has been picked for the Pro Bowl, as has Calais Campbell, AJ Bouye, and Jalen Ramsey, uh, and they're headed to the uh, and there's seven players listed as alternatives: Leonard Fournette, Paul Posluzny, Telvin Smith, Yannick Ngokwe, Taden Mickens, Tommy Bohannon, and Deshaun Gibson are all uh, down as alternatives, which is. Yannick Ngokwe is a third alternative instead of a starter. Might be a bit of a tra- travesty. The second-year edge rusher, um, four multi-sack games, 11 sacks on the year, six form f- forced fumbles. Um, also, no Barry Church. This defence deserves more love than it got, but this is why the Pro Bowl is a farce and always will be a farce. It's a joke. The whole I- thing's a joke. I'm a big all-pro guy. I-, I think you ask 50 people who are reporters who report on the NFL week in, week out, and you ask them who their best player they've seen that season at each position is, then you're going to get a much more representative list. Fans have every right and every role to play in the modern media, the social with social media and everything else, but I, I, I'm going to give... It's when at the end of a career someone's like, he's been vo- he was voted to eight Pro Bowls, he should be a Hall of Famer. You're like, how many All-Pros was he voted to? One second team All-Pro. Not for me, Beaky. Not for me. Yeah, I'm with you. It, I just don't trust the public. Just don't trust you out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I trust our public. The people who listen to this podcast, the rare dozens of people that listen to this podcast, <laughs> I'm sure if they voted in the Pro Bowl, and they were probably too sensible to not even bother, uh, would have uh, voted right. Am I right? I think you're right. Um, you, you're always right. Don't say I'm always right. Let's disagree more. We should disagree more. I went on air this morning on no, uh, on breakfast. Uh, <laughs> very good. I went on air this morning on breakfast. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ha- having had an off-air argument with the co-host on breakfast this morning about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'm like, right, I'm going to get this argument going on air again. I've got some really good points I'm going to make. I, in my head, I was mentally prepared for it. And then I went on air, and he was much calmer and nicer about it. Bad. Of course he was. Bad it. It's not what Who I wanted. Simon Jordan. Oh yeah, we were doing um, uh, we were doing Goffy's Guide to Wine a couple of days ago, and uh, Sorry, he was talking Goffey's, about. I had to. I pulled the mic down because I was coughing. Goffy's Guide to Wine. Yeah, yeah. So because we went out, we did Amazing. the drive Christmas do, and uh, we got given a really nice bottle of wine by the restaurant, and Goffy was going through. Hold on, where was my, where's my invite? You want? Do you work on Drive? No, but do you? Do you? Are you in my marriage? No, and yet you want to be invited out on our Christmas night out. I could be in your marriage. You don't know. What? What? Anyway, so Goffy's night out. Goffy's guide to wine, and uh, Simon Jordan texted in 
because he was listening and said that the uh, most expensive bottle of wine he's ever had is a £15,000 bottle of white. That's ridiculous. That is ludicrous. I mean, you get him and Al together and uh, it's not. It's it's not a sensible room. It's fair to say. Um, let's uh, let's should we should we nail down on this? Should we talk some hard NFL action, buddy? Oh God, let's do it. There's some games this weekend which mean quite literally nothing, so we might skip over some games or, or touch on them just briefly. Uh, and let's start on Saturday night football. Two games back-to-back on Saturday night, sadly with uh, the relevance potentially removed from at least one of them. In fact, both of them. There's some teams still in the hunt for the playoffs from these four. Just just two yeah. of them, in fact, buddy. Uh, we kick off the early game with the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Stop it. Pull, pull, yourself, pull yourself together. All right, mate. Yes. You can do it. All the 49ers right. aren't going to the playoffs. They might. No, but you've got Jimmy G. Oh, yeah, we and, do. And that video that's doing the rounds where everyone's gone, oh, my God, this is incredible. Can't believe it. Oh, he's going to be pretty blah, 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 blah. Did you watch it? Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, there you go. You yeah, yeah. shush your whore mouth. Um, the Indianapolis Whoa. Colts and the Baltimore Ravens. This is obviously historically a huge rivalry. The uh, the, the the Indianapolis area breaking Baltimore hearts 33 years ago when the Colts franchise moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. Uh, since the Baltimore Ravens came into existence, the Colts have actually pretty much dominated this. I think they've won 10 out of 14 between these two teams. But the Ravens looking far the stronger of these teams right now. Eight and six over the three and eleven Indianapolis Colts. Um, uh, you've 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 got a situation with Baltimore where their defense looks not maybe Jags level, but up there with most defenses. And you'd imagine that whoever they draw in the wild card round of the playoffs, which I'm convinced they're of the team still there, they're one of the ones going, will have a really tough time against them. Slightly concerned about Alex Collins' performance against the Cleveland Browns last week. Considering they were ahead, um, just 19 yards on 12 carries. I don't know whether there's an element of kind of trying to rest him a little bit ahead of the playoffs or or knowing that the Browns were a team they were going to beat. But if this offense doesn't have Collins going, I'm not convinced that you're going to get enough performance out of Joe Flacco to carry this team like he has done in previous playoff runs. But you often get uh, within a week or whatever that one, the main running back, the, the feature running back, sometimes just it just doesn't get it going. It's either an off day or um, the opposing team realise that this guy's on the field and they stack the box and really make it difficult for him. And when Baltimore don't have anything else really going on, through the air because Flacco hasn't been great. You can understand why that may have happened to Collins. It happened with uh, Chicago. I think it was against the Eagles um, that Jordan Howard had three yush, three yards of of rushing over over about fourteen touches. And you wouldn't say after that, oh, I'm worried about Jordan Howard. But that was just because they knew what was coming. And I think the same could be said here for Collins. I'm not worried about him. I think he's looked really, really good but so far this year. Cleveland. Cleveland are a bad football team. That might be a bad football team, but that defence is better than the football team suggests. I think they rank, they rank something like 18th or 19th in the NFL, which for a team which hasn't won any games isn't too bad. Here's why you should watch this game. The Colts have lost five in a row, but of those five... Three of them have been losses by six points or less, and a fourth was by a touchdown. Um, they kept it very tight with Buffalo right until the end. It went to overtime. They kept it very tight, admittedly in the snow, very tight with Denver last week until the fourth quarter. They're kind of they're keeping teams very competitive and just not being able to finish off games. Um, if they do manage to pull out something in Baltimore against the Ravens, and I don't think they will against that Ravens defense, but just if. With the Titans primed to lose out based on the teams they're facing uh, and potentially slide to 8-8, eight and eight, Dem Chargers might be seen at 7-7 seven seven after losing to the Chiefs. Easily a 9-7 and seven team could slip their way into this playoff. So it's, it's still going to be an interesting game to keep an eye over. And obviously, if you're an AFC fan, maybe watch Dem Ravens uh, see uh, what you might be facing off in the playoffs. And, and similarly... On Saturday night. Oh, but I'm taking the Ravens. I'm just thinking the Colts keep it closer. Who are you taking on the old gridiron pick'em? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, predicted game. I'm, I'm taking the Ravens as well. I have not fulfilled my predict game yet, by the way, because there was no Thursday night game this week. I haven't uh, bothered getting around to it, so I better do it right now. Uh, I just did it. Just did it. Gridiron hyphen magazine slash predictor game. I think it's called. <laughs> There's a dot com in there as well, but it's fine. well. It's all good, buddy. Uh, it, it, it's the same could be said, uh, unfortunately, about the Saturday evening game. Aaron Rodgers on IR for the season. Brett Hundley is back as the Minnesota Vikings arrive into Lambeau Field, 11-3, and three, and still with a sight on the number one seed, considering the, the uh, situation with the quarterback in Philadelphia. Case Keenum bounced back last week. It threatened to kind of... Uh, his, his, the way it's been described in NFL.com, his Cinderella season could threatened to turn into a pumpkin, which... I liked a little metaphor. Uh, the journeyman quarterback has just continued to bounce back. He was excellent last week. And uh, uh, I, I was, you know, we're not quite talking MVP levels. But when you consider that Russell Wilson and Tom Brady have had a bad couple of weeks, Carson Wentz and Antonio Brown have gone down with injury. It's incredibly impressive how consistent he's continued to be. At that Minnesota defense facing off with Brett Hundley, um, I'm not suggesting a huge number of people stay up through to Christmas Eve morning. Just maybe get into bed, switch on TalkSport, listen to mine and Ollie's dulcet tones as you uh, drift off into La La Land. I think that is agreeable to a lot of people. I would hope I would hope it is. But the game itself, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think you're listening... Well, I'm. I, if I wasn't working it, I'd be listening... Uh, on the hope that Green Bay could do an upset, make an upset. But I think the Vikings will be far, far, far too strong. It, it, it seems to be that the Green Bay Packers don't haven't, especially when Rodgers isn't around, Lambeau Field isn't the uh, the fortress that it really should be. Um, I th- is, is, there I, any, is there any argument? I'm just trying to get Green Bay into this game. Lambeau Field at this time of year is, you know, a, a th- a, could be a frozen tundra. And I do like them rookie running backs you've got. I mean, maybe Hundley's not bad with his legs. Maybe Hundley pulls out like a, a, a Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs at Lambeau type performance, runs for 100 odd yards. You get good yardage out of the running backs and maybe actually keep this game closer than uh, than I think we're expecting. I mean, there you may have a point because... It's just to it... say, Saturday... At uh, Saturday throughout the day, let's see what it's going to be around kickoff. It's projected at kickoff to be around minus nine degrees, and it will feel like with wind chill about minus seventeen. See, that's a great point. The Vikings are used to playing in the dome, so it's warm, uh, and then they've got to go out in the freezing cold. They've what Green Bay do have that the Vikings don't is a viable rushing attack in both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, two guys that we spoke to at uh, the Super Bowl last year. And they've been really, really good. Williams, despite having less of a, less yards per carry than Aaron Jones, is number one. That could switch this on this game. Hundley, you're right, is very good on his feet. Devontae Adams is having a really good year. I'm not sure whether he's... Apparently, could... apparently he's expected to miss... Saturday. So if he's expected to miss Saturday, I'm I'm thinking that Green Bay turn into a rushing team and lots of stuff out of the backfield from from Jones and Williams, maybe a, even a little Ripkowski sighting, which would be wonderful for all. But I still don't think they'll beat the Vikings. The Vikings have a much, much, much better defense. And their offense is, of course, better. You've got Thielen. You've got Diggs. You've got Rudolph. You've got McKinnon. You've got Wright. You've got Treadwell. You've even got Murray. So, Stefan Diggs usually has a massive game against Green Bay. I reckon it's going to happen again. Uh, yeah, and I, my concern would also be not just that, but uh, actually, I've really liked Jared McKinnon in recent weeks. I think he's been really impressive. Um, and look, you know my feelings on Latavius Murray, but actually, against that behind that O line, he's been pretty productive. So I'm still taking the Vikings, but I'm just saying that there is hope that Green Bay can keep this one closer. And maybe if you all go to sleep early, you'll miss a classic. Thanks, mate. That you know what you're doing is trying to. You're trying to allay my fears and boost me for the rest of the, uh, I, rest on, of the I, podcast. I've got to be on air with you for five hours on uh, Sunday morning. I, uh, I need you in a good place. 
Thanks, buddy. Okay, so, but I've taken Green Bay. Um, I think we could do it. One year on from the sacking of Jeff Fisher and the 10-4 and LA Rams are heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans, a Sunday evening game. The first of our Sunday games we're going to talk about. The Titans have slipped to back-to-back losses on the West Coast, head back to Nashville, knowing that they really need to win this week and potentially even beat the Jags next week in order to secure a place in the playoffs. Um, but the, the Rams... It's in a really interesting year for the Rams. And we talked about this briefly on the last show when we were talking about their chances in the playoffs. The the couple of losses they've had have been odd ones because the Vikings game was flattering on Minnesota at 24-7, even though their defense played very well because the Rams had a chance to go up in the fourth quarter. And that that Eagles game was just utterly bizarre. The special teams, all such a complete and utter mess. But their defense got back on track against the Seahawks. Offensively, they put up 42 points. I just think they are going to be too strong for Tennessee. And uh, I, I think Tennessee lose the far, last four games on the bounce. Malarkey gets the sack. And then finally, they can get in a coach who can actually utilise the talent they've got there because they've got a good line. They've got a quarterback who has the ability. They've got a great tight end, at least one good receiver, some pieces on defence. There is enough there to say that Tennessee should be pushing for a playoff place. There is. Do you think... Whoever comes in, I mean, this is a long way down the line because nothing's happened. But do you think they need some sort of uh, Oregon-style, um, uh, college-style coach that can utilise Mariota it's, and Derek Henry and, 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 and the like? It's weird because when they came into the NFL, I think everyone expected Mariota to have to work in that kind of system. Uh, coming out of Oregon, you're absolutely right the, with the the cards and with the way that they played that spread, and it was so specifically, it was everything a college offense is in the minds of people who don't watch college football and believe that it's difficult to make that transition. And Mario came in in the first season and was of all of the guys coming out that year, including Jameis Winston, the quickest to pick up um, vernacular, the quickest to pick up the pro style offense, and looked really good. And up until that injury, I would I was a big fan of Marcus Mario. But that whole class, him, Winston, Carl, they've all taken a, a big step back this year as far as I can see. But Mariota maybe more so than anyone else. I mean, he's, what, he's had 12 touchdowns to 14 interceptions this year. Yes, he missed a couple of games, but he's yet to hit the 3,000-yard mark. He's, he's not getting the same sort of yardage on the ground he has done previously, although he has got five rushing touchdowns he does like to get into the he is decent in the red zone in that sort of uh with that sort of thing but yeah I'd like to see somebody come in actually who can you know the Sean McVeigh is the ideal sort of person I'd love to go and see work with Marcus Mariota he's obviously already taken as is Kyle Shanahan so who is the next person through there's a couple of interesting names what Pat Shermer has managed to do with the Minnesota Vikings offense I think he could be somebody who you'd consider for that job maybe uh, give him another opportunity um yeah, outside of that, I, I'm trying... The Chiefs OC, Matt Nagy, is getting a, a bit of uh, love Nag- as well. Actually, that's a really good shout. Matt Nagy could work really well in Tennessee with uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that's a really good shout, Ollie. But um, I think, it, yeah, I just think in this game, the, the Rams have too much for the different levels of the Titans' defense. Uh, the that performance last week just blew me away. They have got <laughs> genuine know. all-pro players at every level of their defense and offense, the Rams, and a great coach. I'm just a big fan. For a player that missed quite a few games this season, I think he missed three games, Aaron Donald, to have 11 sacks as an interior lineman is just sh- proves what a wrecking ball this man is. I th- he's, he must... He must win Defensive Player of the Year, do you think? Yeah. Or is that Calais Campbell? Um, Calais Campbell is in with a very, very good shout, but uh, I do love Aaron Donald. Big fan. Uh, I'm taking the Rams in this one. Yeah, taking the Rams. I'm loving Todd Gurley at the moment. He could go over 2,000 yards from scrimmage off uh, across the season against uh, the Titans, and I expect him to do it. Come on, Todd! Uh, right, let's uh, talk. Uh, I'm just gonna, we're just going to flit about and talk about the games that are relative to the playoffs. Massive game, massive NFC South 
showdown at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome as the 9-5 and five Atlanta Falcons travel to face the 10-4 and four New Orleans Saints. A revenge game potential just 16 days after the Saints lost in Atlanta. A chance for them to strike back. That win really put Atlanta's season back on track. And even with a loss, Atlanta could still scrape into the playoffs at 10-6 and six with a win over the Panthers next week. If, if uh, That game, by the way, has to be, surely has to be, particularly if either the Panthers suffer a loss or the Falcons win this week, has to be the Sunday night football game next weekend. Um, this isn't obviously clinching the NFC South title outright, outright because the Panthers are involved in this, but this will go a huge way to do with seeding, to do with who wins the South, who's going to get a home field advantage. And uh, I just, my feeling is that the New Orleans offense has become so balanced with the run game this year and their defense, they should have Marshall and Lattimore back for this game, fully fit and healthy. I think at home, with that home field advantage, they'll probably be too strong for Atlanta. I'm hoping so. I really, it's a, it's a battle of uh, the gridiron tour cities. The two cities that we went to, Atlanta versus New Orleans. And I loved New Orleans compared to Atlanta, which I didn't love so much. Um, what I like about this New Orleans offense is that Drew Brees, who... I think for the last however many, I think it's five or six seasons, he's had 5,000 yards passing. He won't make it this season. He's, he's uh, 1,150 yards away from that. So what that means is he's had to use the rushing game more, which has made the offense look better. And it, the, the team itself has benefited from that. And you could, you could say that Drew Brees hasn't had the, the best of year or the best of years because of the amount of passing yards that he's had to, that, that, that he hasn't thrown yet, but everything else is working around it. And that defense is looking really good. And Michael Thomas on receiving has quietly got over to over a thousand yards and is looking really good himself. And then Kamara and out, out of the backfield. And he, it's just, it's all really humming. And consider that with Atlanta and they had that stuttering start, with Sarkeesian as their offensive coordinator and things weren't going well. Matt Ryan, okay, has more touchdowns and interceptions, but he's not looked nowhere near the MVP level that he was last year. Devontae Freeman last week was outstanding against the Bucks. Really, really shifty, really, really cool. Running hard, running, running angry, as uh, some people have said. But the fact that Julio Jones only has three touchdowns on the year despite having 1,200 and something yards. And that's because he had a 200-yard game here and a 150-yard game there. He's been kept relatively quiet, despite you know the, the incredible amount of yards that you see on his stat sheet. Uh, I like, I, I, the thing is, I, I like the Saints' uh, defense. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like them when they've got Marshall and Lattimore in, of course. But um, I also like the fact that... You've got Cameron Jordan up front, who is one of my very favourite players in the NFL to watch. And I think he's finally having the season of production that his quality deserves. Yeah. But I think I think Sheldon Rankins is a good run-stopping tackle. I actually think that they've been better at linebacker than they've been for a number of years. Uh, I, 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 I fancy the Saints to, to take this one. Unless, if the Falcons, like you say, can absolutely run the ball down their throat and control the game clock and, and can almost just run the game the way they want it run, then maybe. And, and I think it'd be more interesting to, to week 16 of the Falcons, week 17 of the Falcons do get a win. If the fixture was reversed, I'd potentially pick the Falcons, but I'm going to take the Saints at home. I think you made lots of valid points, mate, but not for me. Is there, uh, no, I'm taking Saints and I want the Saints to win. Is there any concern that uh, Kenny Vaccaro has gone out in, injured for the rest of the season? I, well, I think any time you lose a starting defensive player, yes. But Kenny Vaccaro hasn't lived up to his billing. And I was a big fan of him in his first season. Um, I think that they can cover at safety as long as they've got Lattimore, who can be big, rangy in the backfield, who can cover number one guys, who can... Then you mm-hmm. don't necessarily need as strong a safety pairing. It's not great, but I think they can cover it. I believe. They've got I Banjo. Believe... They've got Chris Banjo. So... Carolina Panthers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South's other All-NFC South clash. Um, There's all sorts going on with Carolina, of course. The business side of things, Jerry Richardson, uh, what is going to happen to the team going forward? Uh, Could they be 
the London franchise. All of this is still very much hanging over their heads. But they've got to go out there and play a game of football. They've won six of their last seven, remain tied for the division lead with New Orleans and go up against a Bucks team who, I think when we were watching Hard Knocks early this year, if I told you they were going into week 16 with four wins, disappointment would be a huge understatement for where we'd all be right now. Um, no Thomas Davis for this game, of course, as we talked about on last week's show. One game suspension. Uh, that's nowhere near enough for me to get behind the Bucks. Nowhere near for me either. Um, the the Panthers are really, really strong in that home in in Charlotte and in their home stadium. By the way, I hadn't ever heard anyone say that uh, the Panthers could be London's franchise. That's crazy. It's, it, I, well, I just you know just throwing it out there. It's uh, not, it, it's not an, for me, Beaky. It's, an, it's another name to go into the mix because they've got uh, owner to mulch going on. Just saying. I Not think... for me, Beaky. We've both been to Carolina, and it's an awesome city. The city loves, they love that, that football team. I just can't see it. Can't see it. All right. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, Ludicrous. We're both taking the Panthers, though, I think. Uh, the Bills travel to face the New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots, big 12-point favourites in this one. Um, but, you know... Not as good against the Steelers as they could or should have been. Not as dominant. Didn't get the pass rush going. The offensive line doesn't look as strong. Uh, didn't look uh, obviously bad in the loss to Miami. It's probably just hopeful thinking for somebody who wants the Jags to get a bye week and home field advantage through the playoffs. But, uh, you know, there's, there's no there's there's no shame in, in just a little bit of hope that the Buffalo Bills can be competitive on Saturday evening. Sunday. I think they'll be closer than 12 points. I, I really do. I think the Bills are a pretty good team. They, they play really hard. They don't have an out-and-out you know, an out and out edge rusher or an out-and-out out guy that's going to get to the quarterback. No, none of their defensive players have more than three sacks this year, which is a, it's a quite an interesting stat. Shows what maybe they'll be looking at in um, the, the early rounds of the second... The early rounds of the draft, anyway. But... Uh, Tyrod Taylor's back. Looked pretty nice last week. The Sean McCoy was always going to be a, an interesting player to watch. New I'm, England I'm, haven't I, played well. I'm concerned that the, the New England defence, though, is predicated on that run defence and not on getting to the quarterback. And actually, Tyrod Taylor, for everything we like about him, is yeah. not the most accurate of, of uh, throwers of the ball and relies on the run game. And that's that's the kind of concern. I still I'm still picking the Patriots. I'm just saying... Don't write off the bills entirely and expect this to be a blowout. Just, just it, that's the direction I'm thinking. That, well, no, I'm with you as well. I think I'm picking the Patriots, but I, I think within 12 points. Interesting. And now I put Lions Bengals into the uh, into the playoff mix because whilst the Cincinnati Bengals might be a bottom three team in the NFL based on their performances in the last few weeks, the fact that the Lions in their next two games go up against obviously the Cincinnati Bengals, and then a Brett Hundley-led Packers the final week of the season. They could be 10-6 and six with all the NFC South playing each other. I'm saying there's a chance. I think there's a huge chance. The, the Falcons could easily lose this week, lose next week to the Saints, then the Panthers, and have the Lions sneak into the sixth seed above Atlanta. Well, what about the Cowboys? Uh, I forget about the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, the cow. Uh, the you just Uri- forget about them because you've forgotten about them, or no, you're the, forgetting about them because you want to forget about them. No, I'm forgetting about them because the Lions already have the um, already have the uh, the head to not the head to head, but the uh, tiebreaker over them. So as long as the Lions win the next two games, they would finish above the Cowboys anyway. They do have the tiebreaker. I didn't. I wasn't sure if the tiebreaker situ. There. Yeah, so uh, there you go. Um, if the Lions, basically put it this way, if the Lions don't go to Paul Brown Stadium and put a hurting on the Bengals, then uh, I will be very disappointed um, in what they are offering us as a potential playoff team. And we'll be yeah. angry if they get in there in place of Atlanta just because the schedule's worked out for them nicely. Are the Lions... Because if you look at their roster, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate... You know, two, two, number, two number two receivers. Two number two receivers. They don't have anyone rushing the ball. Matt Stafford hasn't had the best of season. He's had a pretty good season. I massively it, disagree they... with that. I think Matt Stafford has been a top five quarterback in the NFL this season because he doesn't have the things around him. And 
still manages to keep the offense on time, still manages to keep them relevant in games they shouldn't be relevant in. I think Matt Stafford's been brilliant this year. Well, I'm saying he hasn't had the best season. He's had a good season. He's had better seasons. I don't know. But I don't maybe, think this might be the best with... season of Matt Stafford's career. From a personal, single, individual performance perspective, he might have had more touchdowns, more yardage, everything else in previous years. But the way he's yeah. carried that offense, I, I think he's been really impressive. So, well, OK, so what I'm asking you is, it's not about how good Matt Stafford's been. I'm asking you about the coaching. Does this show that the coaching duo, the tandem of Jim Caldwell and Jim Bob Cooter, actually have helped this team play better than the talent on the roster, Stafford aside, has has suggested? It's the question I raised with Matt earlier this week, because Matt is very anti-Jim Caldwell, and Jim Caldwell doesn't impress people. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a guy who's going to inspire a huge amount of confidence, but... This could be a third winning season in four for the Lions after one winning season in the 16 before that. That's a good record from Jim Caldwell. Is there a risk of Jim Caldwell becoming a bit of a Marvin Lewis, a bit of a I'll take them to the playoffs but never do anything there? Maybe. I doubt he'll get to stick around as long as Marvin Lewis has in Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think Jim Caldwell is underrated as a head coach. That doesn't mean I think he's a great head coach, if you mm. see what I'm saying. I seize you, bro. I seize you. Uh, this is the return of uh, of uh, Marvin Jones. No, what's his name? His name is Marvin <laughs> Jones. The, the return Mar- of Marvin Gay. Marvin uh, Jones Jr. is returning to Cincinnati, a place where he played second fiddle to uh, AJ Green over the years. I think he's going to have a monster game. I think that will be factored in, and uh, Stafford and him will ha- will connect. A lot. Couple of touchdowns, 100 yards, big game for Marvin Jones Jr. Right. Dolphins head to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm taking the Lions as well, by the way. Dolphins head to the Kansas City Chiefs, 8-6. and six. The Dolphins technically can still make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. No, 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 no. I'm just saying they can technically make the playoffs. I'm oh, not saying that there's a chance. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have bounced back in recent weeks and uh, looked impressive over Oakland and particularly impressive beating the Chargers last weekend. This should be, with them getting back on track, reasonably simple for Kansas City to dispatch Miami. But Miami are a real Jekyll and Hyde team this season. We've seen them beat the Patriots. We've seen them look incredibly impressive on on three or four occasions. Uh, I was going to say the win over uh, the Broncos, where they were good, but the Broncos were bad. And then we've seen them put up bagels on a couple of separate occasions. And then we've seen them beat the Falcons. And then we've seen them lose horrible games to the Jets. You know, it's been so weirdly up and down this whole season. Um, I think that's just kind of indicative of where the NFL is rather than where the Dolphins are. And this should be a reasonably simple Chiefs of victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Chiefs. And considering how bad they the Dolphins are covering tight ends... Uh, Kiko Alonso being one. The reason they beat, uh, or one of the reasons they beat the Patriots, because that was one of the games, well, it was the only game that Rob Gronkowski, he should have been banned from all. It was the only game that he was out for. So, um, keep yeah. going. So, <laughs> that really put me off. So, I, uh, I expect Travis Kelsey to have a monster day and Tomahawk Chop goes Miami Dolphins. Stop the music. Oh, Oh, that was glorious. Uh, This is, I'll tell you what, we've got this next game live on TalkSport on Sunday night, Christmas Eve. Seeing your Christmas with me and Ollie on TalkSport as the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the San Francisco 49ers. Both both teams coming into this one on the back of a three-game winning streak. So basically the the 49ers are good as the Jags, right? Can I... Okay, a couple of questions to you. <laughs> Have you engineered this so that you can keep a really close eye on Jimmy Garoppolo? I've not engineered anything. I, I have no uh, control over the schedule makers, what time they put games or anything, Ollie. I really wish I did, but I'm afraid I don't. Secondly, who do you want to win this? Uh, this is... Uh... <laughs> okay, my problem who is... You, who do you, Will Gavin... The man want to win this. Here's, here's the problem. I obviously want the 49ers to win as many games as they can. And I'd love... In the moment, I will be totally backing the 49ers to win. Obvs. 
But will I be disappointed if the Jags win, particularly if we see something uh, freaky happen with either New England or the or, or in Pittsburgh, so that we can see them sneak into a, a, a seeding place and get some home field playoff advantage? No, sorry, I will not regret a 49ers loss. When let's be honest. The three wins under Jimmy Garoppolo, four wins in the last five. Starting to put uh, the quality of our playoff picks. And I did, there is something, somebody said to me, have you suddenly got, uh, somebody on Twitter said to me, have you suddenly got a soft spot for the Patriots? I think it might have been Alan Fraser uh, who said to me, have you uh, got a soft spot for the Patriots after this trade now? No, I think what's doubly funny is not only did they have to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo when clearly, based on Bill Belichick's press conference afterwards alone, they wanted to keep him around, but... I think it's doubly funny that actually that second round pick that they've got is slowly getting worse and worse as Jimmy Garoppolo wins us more and more games. It's it's gone from being the 33rd overall pick to being closer to the 40th overall pick. It could end up being the 42nd, the 43rd if we win a couple more games. So Jimmy Garoppolo is slowly costing the Patriots more and more of their souls. So in from that perspective you're you're hoping for a 49ers win, apart from the fact that you're a 49ers fan. Now, what if, and I'm going to, this will be on the table now, I'm I'm going to give you this. Before we we get to this, just hold that thought. I'm just going to say, I'm going to get my 49ers ramble out of the way, and then we're going to talk about the Jags, and I'll answer your question, because the Jags are really the relevant team in this situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can we, I, we just, I want to take a moment to give John Lynch some love because I don't think he's been getting much love when it comes to things like the, the Executive of the Year award and stuff like that. Not only did he engineer that ridiculous trade to, uh, for Mitchell Trubisky where he managed to pick up more draft capital for moving down one spot in the draft and still drafted the guy he won. In Solomon Thomas, who hasn't had a great rookie season, injured, big problem there, but I think still showed enough flashes that he'll be a good pick. He picked up George Kittle and Trent Taylor in the fifth round who have both been... Impact starters. Akilo Witherspoon in the third. Impact starter. Ruben Foster drafting back in, trading back into the first round to pick him up. And he's been absolutely brilliant in the last six weeks since coming back from that injury. Then adding Jimmy G for our second while still holding New Orleans second. Now, admittedly, we got that second round pick and New Orleans third round pick for our third round pick, which ended up being Alvin Kamara. Would I have rather had Alvin Kamara? Maybe. That's fine. I'll, I'll admit that, but you never know what that's going to be. And always getting more draft capital is impressive. Plus, CJ Bethard showed enough to tell me he's a long-term quality starter, a uh, quality backup. Sorry, I'm I'm all in on what Lynch has done in year one. Really, really impressive for that guy off TV. What did you want to ask me about this game before we talk? We wax lyrical about the Jags. Okay, so it's going to be a Jags win. I'm giving you. This is on the table, and this is gonna. This will happen. You can either take it or leave it. A Jags win, but it's a last seconds field goal to win forty-one to forty. Okay. Or, or Forty Niners win thirty-eight-seven. I would take the Jags win 40 uh, because it would be a great game that we're doing on Christmas Eve. It'd be really good fun. I'd be gutted in the moment, but I'd know we'd watched a brilliant game. And... I'd, I, the problem is in either of those situations, the Jags defense are giving up a lot of points, which I don't want to see because I want the Jags to roll into the playoffs on a high so that we could maybe see the Jags go. If the Jags get to the championship game, we'll get both games live. We might even get the Jags in a Super Bowl. Like, I'm well, so well, on board with the Jags this year. The Jags have, uh, they, well, they are 38 to, to 9 up, right? In, and they rest all of their starters, their starting defense, <laughs> and that's why there's been a comeback. I just, I just wanted to put that uh, put that there. But in the end, they they end up doing it. Josh Lambeau kicking it through and winning it. How? Uh, what's the distance? Uh, it well, it's a big one, sixty-one. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd want that game. I just want to see that game. That game sounds great. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm a big fan of that game, so that's fine. Uh, I'm taking the Jags on the road to break the 49ers' recent streak. I am also taking. Did you see more the... than more than that? I really want to hear from either Malik Jackson or Yannick Ngokwe. Would you like to hear from them now, and then we'll move on and do the rest of the games? I think so. Let's take a break and then hear from our guest, Malik Jackson. Okay joining us on the show and it's it's a double congratulation making the playoffs this week making the pro bowl this week i've got to say malik i was amazed when i realized it was your first time making the pro bowl what what was your reaction when you got the news 
Um, well, it's crazy because I, I was at a charity event. You know, it's the season of giving, so I was able to link up with a few other charities and take some uh, foster kids, a local foster house, to uh, to um, Buffalo Wild Wings. Then we were going shopping. So when I found out, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was pretty uh, pretty shocked. You know, I, I knew I had I made a, a great case to go, but you know, it's never real until the people who make the decision say your name. And once uh, Tad Dickman told me, you know, our media relations guy told me, I was just so excited. Um, I called my mom, and I think that's the only time I really shed a tear, you know, because she's been here since day one, and me wanting to reach the top was one of my main goals. So when I talked to her, I shed a tear, but, you know, I was just very happy. To be fair, Buffalo Wild Wings and a Pro Bowl announcement, that sounds like a pretty good afternoon to me. Um, (laughs) There's part of me that's kind of amazed only four Jags made it. There are plenty of guys on that alternates list who who could easily be there in that first team with you. Yeah, it's one of those things that we have so many guys that can just – play on there you know I, I was looking at the roster and uh, I think our, the whole AOC roster is going to be filled by guys from the Jacks I mean and you have real hard cases like uh, Kelvin Smith hard case any old lineman and we have the top five uh, rushing offense in the league and they don't give up any pass pressure so it's one of those things that I think just from offensive line alone you can have four or five guys and then uh, the backers and, and then even the safeties our safety so you know and Blake Bortles so it's one of those things that we definitely got snubbed but you know, this creates a hunger in you, and it's my first time, and it's my sixth year. So, you know, I know what it means to just keep working. Awesome. Well, really genuinely pleased for you. When it comes to, to the team making the playoffs, you're one of the players in that locker room who, who's not only been but actually won the Super Bowl. How, how has this season differed from those, those three or four years in, in Denver in your, early, in your early time? I mean, to be honest with you, we're very similar, but the only difference I could say is that we're just younger. You know, there we had the DeMarcus Ware's. We had a, a well-developed uh, uh, Peyton Manning. We had a Von Miller. You know, in the back end, we had a, uh, excuse me, we had a um, Darius Stewart, T.J. Ward, you know, guys who were uh, key to lead, Chris Harris, guys who were known before this. You know, now here we got Miles Jack, who people know but don't know who's killing it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We got Yannick Ngakwe, who's out here killing it, that people know, but, you know, he has to keep going out there and keep under his respects. Uh, we got Avery Jones holding up the middle. We got guys in the back end, you know, AJ and, 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 uh, and 20 Jalen back there doing their thing. And then we got young guys even in church and T. Gibbs. So I think the only difference is that we're just younger than our team. Like, we have way more talent. I, I, this is an interesting point because we've spoken a few times over the years, Malik, and there's one there's one conversation that really stands out to me. You won't remember it because you just won a Super Bowl, but we came and uh-huh. spoke to you in the in the locker room in uh, in San Francisco after that win, and we asked you how good that mm-hmm. defense was, and you said that you thought it was up there with the Bears' '85 defense as one of the best of all time. So how yeah. does this yeah. Jacksonville defense stand up to? The one you were in then and, and in that kind of all-time ranking? Because the numbers are there. See, because I think, I think that's hard, and, I, and I'll say for a few reasons. One, because, you know, our season's not over, and, and, and in that season, that defense took that team to the Super Bowl. So I think if we can continue to – but if we're looking at it purely stats from right now, I think we're, we're, we're better because we have takeaways on this defense. You know, that, that, that defense in 2015, I don't think we had uh, too many touchdowns too many touchdowns on that defense. Here we have a lot of touchdowns. We're getting the ball out a lot more. Guys are a, bit, uh, a lot more ball, uh, doing a lot more ball hawking. So it's one of those things that guys are just showing up, man, and we're, we're just doing our thing. And, and, and I think this is a great team, but I think it's only fair to, to see towards the end if we, how we, uh, how we uh, measure up, you know, because that we have to see, you know, how, to, how, to, uh, uh, how far we take this team and uh, what the numbers say. But I think we could be just as good, you know. Hopefully we could take this team to the Super Bowl too, so we'll yeah. see. We definitely all want to see that here at Talk Sport because we'll be yeah. there with you all the way. Um, there's a, you're a sixth-year guy. You mentioned it yourself, and that makes you a veteran in this locker room compared with others. But Calais Campbell yeah. coming in this year as a, as a real veteran, the only other guy to play in a Super Bowl other than yourself. What impact has he had on that line room, on that defense? Um, Calais um, came in here just had this veteran – so when Kalenic got here, you know, first of all, he's already respected. And when I was able to talk to him before he came to try to get him to come here, to try to persuade him, it was one of those things for me. I was just, I was stoked. So when he came, uh, right away he came in by leadership, just by not even saying much, but by just going here and being who he is and his work ethic. You know, when you got a guy that comes in here that's on his third contract, uh, making elite money, I mean top, top tier money, I think you have no choice but to kind of sit back and watch him and listen. And, and so I think that he, he works so hard every day. I see why he has a fortune to have sex. I see why 
he's a pro bowler, a perennial pro bowler. I see why he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, it's one of those things that he just works his butt off. So Calais has just brought the mindset of work every day, fly on Sunday, come back in on Monday, and continue to work till next Sunday. And that's how we work, so that's how we are. I've just got two more, uh, Malik, and then we'll let you go and crack on and get ready for San Francisco. Uh, we're running a, a feature in Gridiron Magazine coming up about the most underrated players in the NFL. We're going to put together an all-22 of, of our favourite players we think are underrated in the league. And, and Yannick Ngokwe has made that team. Uh, a, amazing year he's having for a second-year player who was supposedly raw coming yeah. out. What have you seen from him over the two yeah. years you've worked with him? Yeah, I've just seen a guy come in hungry come in with a mindset of who he wants to be and what he wants people to look at him like and, and, and he, he he's just he's done that. You know, not many people get to come to the league and be a mid to late round draft pick like he was, uh, beat a beat a great defensive end out in, in Dante Fowler for the one spot and continue to thrive, get eight sacks his first year, which is unheard of. Uh and then get what did he have, eleven and a half now? You know, that man is just climbing the ladder. He was one of those people I was really upset he didn't get that bid for Pro Bowl, you know, because he has guys like, um, you know, Joey Bosa. You know, I think they're the same year. But I told him, you know, just keep being hungry. Uh, follow my blueprint. You know, this is my first time in six years. I won a Super Bowl. I've been able to be blessed with a great second contract. And then I went to Pro Bowl. So it's no right order to go in. Just you keep – I told him, you just keep doing your thing and you keep getting the sacks and, and getting the, uh, the ball out and keep setting that edge, you'll be right where you want to be. So I think he's very underrated, man. And I'm glad he's starting to get recognition. And the very final one from me, Malik, is uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo and this weekend against the 49ers because that's live on Talk Sport from 9 o'clock this, this Sunday and uh, it's a different team offensively to what it was three or four mm-hmm. weeks ago. What have you seen on film that makes you think that Jacksonville are going to still be able to go on the road and be Saxonville and still be able to perform to that elite mm-hmm. level? I mean, first we have to understand that they have uh, a new quarterback and I think that's the one thing that's changed. you got somebody at the helm uh, that they that they feel that can run that offense right and do what they need to do. Um, the reason I guess I feel like we can go in there and be ourselves is because we know how to we know how to just be ourselves, man. We know how to control the game. We're good at the run. Nobody's going to run the ball on us. That's one thing we take pride in, and we get after the pass rushers, you know. And, and we're not a we're not a front running team. We're not a team that um, is only good at one one dimension, you know. We, we know how to stop the run. We know how to get after the passer. And, and we're going to go out there and stop the run and then get after your pass rusher. So we're going to – I think they have a, a, a great defense over there, but I don't know if they've seen what we have over here. So I'm excited to go over there, um, see what they got. Like I said, they got a good line, so it should be very fun to test our best against their best and uh, see who comes out victorious. But uh, I believe in our guys, and I know we're, we're getting ready. I know we're going to continue to get ready, uh, keep, keep taking care of our bodies, and go out there and, and uh, put a great show on. Malik, I'm super excited for this weekend. I'm, I'm a – Traditionally, in my history, I know we're not meant to have fans here when we work in the media, but I, I grew up a 49ers fan, but I've become an honorary Jags fan with the time you guys have spent over in London. I'm a little torn over this weekend, I won't lie, but I'm excited to see the matchup. So so good luck for it, but just not too much good luck and uh, and enjoy it this weekend. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you. And how about we do this, man? We uh, Whoever wins that game, which is going to be the Jags, you become a, you become a fan of them. That way, make it easy. I don't know if I can commit to this, but maybe, maybe I need to get myself a Malik Jackson jersey and I'll make a decision from there. There we go. That, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Fingers crossed we're seeing you out in uh, Minneapolis, Malik. Thank you for your time. All right. All right, man. God bless. Go Jags. That was either Yannick Ngokwe or Malik Jackson, probably Malik Jackson, but because uh, I haven't done the interview yet, I can't tell you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it as much as I clearly did. Um, I d- I really did. did so, did you great see, work, buddy. Did you see the story about Jadavian Clowney, obviously called Blake Bortles trash after Blake Bortles absolutely walked all over the Texans last week? The Jags fans have been sending trash cans to uh, Jadavian Clowney at one NRG, uh, to NRG Park, Houston, Texas. Uh, and he's just been sent dozens and dozens of trash cans by Jags fans. That's brilliant. I love that. Big fan, big fan. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks up next. They face the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams are eight and six. Both teams, I would say, disappointing on where we'd expected them to be this year, but still within very much playoff contention. We should cover the fact that the Seahawks have been fined 100 
thousand uh, dollars by the coach for the coaching and the medical staff uh, not handling the concussion protocol properly when it came to that uh, Seahawks Cardinals game when Russell Wilson got back onto the field so quickly uh, after he was uh, clearly hit and did not go through proper concussion protocol. I'm glad. Have we to... heard anything about the the Texans then with? Um, We've not yet, but if you consider the Texans only happened, what, a week and a half ago, and this happened back at the beginning of November, that might be something we don't hear about until January based on the the kind of rate that it's taken to deal with this. Uh, Yeah, just I'm pleased to see that it is uh, that the the league are dealing with this. Um, There's no way to justify the, the team rushing him out there so quickly when he was clearly hit in the head. You've got to have the player's concerns first. Even if the player is telling you, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, you've got to consider. Yeah, yeah. But Seahawks go into Dallas uh, eight and six after being absolutely whooped on by the Los Angeles Rams at home last week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what state Bobby Wagner's in this week after he clearly wasn't fully healthy last week. I don't know if Ollie's got his usual list up of who trained in fully and whatever from uh, Wednesday, Thursday. But if he does, he's going to tell us momentarily. Excuse me, I need to cough. <coughs> I'm going to leave that in just because I can't be bothered to edit it out. But I really need a water. Um, my mouth is very dry. Um, and Dallas are going to get Ezekiel Elliott back this week. I oh this this is a really tough game to call because the 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 despite the fact the Seahawks have lost so much they're not the kind of team to lose back to back games in spectacular fashion. The Cowboys did only scrape it against the Raiders, really only scraped against the Giants, even though they came through and won late. But re- with Zeke Elliott back and with all the defensive pieces missing for the Seahawks, maybe I fancy the home team. Uh, okay. DJ Alexander, Nazir Jones, Bobby Wagner, Wagner, <laughs> Michael Bennett, Wagner, Bobby Wagner, Bradley McDougal, Jimmy Graham, Dwayne Brown, Earl Thomas, all did not practice Thursday. Whoa. But with something like Bobby Wagner and with it being a hamstring and with the quality of the player he is... Yeah, being a bit of a veteran, they might just keep him out until Saturday and then play him Sunday anyway. So KJ, KJ Wright was a full practice particip- participant on Thursday after his concussion. Luke Jokel limited practice. Nick Vanette, the uh, the the third or fourth string tight end, full practice. So, I mean, there's there's positives and some re- some cause for concern of that uh, injury report. However. With Zeke back, Dak looking okay, Dez uh, on his home field, Sean Lee marshalling that defence, I am taking the Cowboys, and I don't think it will be close. I think the Cowboys will win by at least two scores. Uh, The loser of this game is uh, eliminated from playoff contention, basically. That's essentially what will happen here. Which will be outstanding. Whoever loses, it's a win for for NFL fans across the board. Whoever (laughs) loses this is out. Oh, that's not very nice, is it, buddy? I mean, it's fair, but it's not. And you and you agree with me? Yes, I'm going to take Dallas. The issues on the Seattle defensive side, uh, offensive, well, both sides. The, but the issues on Seattle's defensive side of the ball is enough for me to lean towards Dallas. And I still, you know, Russell Wilson struggled last week and this week he's going up against Demarcus Lawrence, who has been a beast. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going that way. Um, Christmas Day football. There are no late game. There is no late game on Sunday because it's Christmas Day morning slash Christmas Eve nights. So they didn't want to do one then. Let's just do two games on Christmas Day instead. Brilliant. Good one, guys. The Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Houston Texans. Um, no, no Antonio Brown. Shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem. We've got Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eli Rogers. No worries. Um, the Texans aren't a very good team at all. I, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Easy. Great. Uh, not one you need to make sure that you pop on the Christmas telly. You can watch the Father Ted Christmas special again instead, which is brilliant. I watched that last night. Uh, the, the, uh, so good. So the one funny. With the, with the, the, the department store. The lingerie, again. yeah. Oh, oh. It's, my God, it's so funny. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I watched it. I didn't stop it. I didn't pause it. I didn't skip away during the adverts. I just kept it on and I loved it. 
Um, and if you really, if you really don't want to watch football on uh, Christmas Day, you're not going to be going too wrong, actually, because the Philadelphia Eagles go up against the Oakland Raiders. Philly a nine-point favourite in this one. Oakland season done. I think the most interesting thing here is to see what Oakland do now their season is done. Do they hold back Marshall and Lynch and see what they've got in their other running backs? Do they... Uh, try something different on the defensive side of the ball. Might we see some more Obi Melafonwu, for example? But I suspect the Eagles, that dink and dunk offense that worked so well last week, the Raiders terrible at turning the ball over. Nick Foles, a pretty safe pair of hands when it comes to interceptions and turnovers. I think the Eagles dink and dunk their way to a, like a three score victory. This should be a walk in the park for them. Yeah, I've got a nine point favourites, the Eagles here, and I think it'll be even, I think it'll be much more than that. And it's uh, and Nick it's, uh, Foles. They get the number one seed with a victory. There we go. Nick Foles looked really good last week. Okay, there was some dink and dunk in there, but you can't sniff at four touchdowns, no interceptions. They, they, they I liked it. I liked what he did, and I'm going for a big Eagles victory. Come on. Chargers face a must-win game against the Jets. I didn't do this one earlier, and I'm not sure why. It's crept its way into the late end of, of things, because this is still a very playoff-relevant game. Um, they need to go 9-7, and seven, the Chargers, and hope other results go their way, which, as we've already listed, there is very much a chance of them doing so. And when you consider all of that, despite the long trip west to east, I would expect the Chargers to go there and, and beat the Jets and bounce back. There is that, but the Jets have a habit of derailing teams or getting wins when you don't expect them to get wins. I know it's Bryce Petty under centre. Actually, I'm. what am I talking about? There's no way the Jets can win with <laughs> Bryce Petty under centre when they've got... The Chargers have got that stellar uh, defensive line. So um, I'm going I'm going Chargers, but I'm a little worried about Keenan Allen. Uh, is he on the injury report? He isn't on the injury report, which is interesting. Wonder there, why not. There you go. Let's um let's round off the last three games with a very simple why do we have to bother picking these games game Giants at Cardinals I'm taking Arizona because it's on the road taking Arizona I'm looking forward to seeing Kerwin Williams good for you uh the Chicago right, Bears I... welcome the Cleveland Browns into Soldier Field just four, uh... just four wins between these teams this season can Cleveland get their first win of the year no, this could be the worst game of the NFL season to date. And I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. And the Denver Broncos face Washington, two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this season. Yeah, it could be Kirk Cousins' last time as uh, a Washington player in FedEx Field. I am taking Washington. I'm going to take Washington too. Maybe they'll go 8-8 eight and eight and then we'll go, oh, what if? What if they didn't have all those injury problems? With the Giants, we should have mentioned they've interviewed Lewis Riddick this week for the general manager job, but I don't think that's going to be something that's filled until the end of the year anyway, so we'll get to that at a later date. Uh, so we should just wrap things up, I think, Ollie. If people do want to hear from me and Ollie, we are, as we said, doing the... I know people going, hey, you shouldn't mention TalkSport so much. We are doing the TalkSport coverage this weekend. Uh, we're doing both games, Packers, Vikings... Saturday night, Sunday morning at 1am. In fact, I think we go on air at midnight. Um, so we'll be doing uh, basically what we've just done for an hour. Um, uh, and <laughs> Should we then, just replay this? Yeah. Cut it into, into three 12-minute sections. Mate, four 12-minute sections. Let's do it. It's a great idea. Let's just do <laughs> that. And then uh, we are back on the Sunday evening from 9 o'clock on TalkSport with uh, Jags 49ers. What a game that suddenly looks like after four or five weeks ago. I was like, do we really have to do that one on Christmas Eve? Is that going to be worth listening to? Now, suddenly, it's really worth listening to. Um, and then we're going to record a podcast that morning live on talk sport <laughs> at about th- at about 3 a.m it's uh, disgraceful but uh, it's also brilliant and the producer of that show knows that's what we're doing we're going to get greg rosenthal on hopefully on the phone for half an hour and we're going to do half an hour of us chatting reviewing all the games and then we'll release it christmas day morning so you get it in your stocking ready to go and then we'll do another show later in the week where we review the christmas day games and preview week 17 Basically, it's our gift, listeners, to you. Yes, you. <laughs> and on that point, this has been the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown C- Trips getting you in the game. Getting you, yes, you in the game. Any final thoughts, Ollie? <laughs> no final thoughts. I'm off to going buy some artisan chocolate for my stepmom. Oh, lovely. Have you done all your rest of your Christmas shopping yet? Uh, I'm just giving my nieces and nephews money. 
I have Amazon to thank for my shopping and the fact that I don't have nieces or nephews yet. So nice and easy. Me and my siblings and my siblings' partners do a secret Santa between us. So I only had to buy one present. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's, it, my what sister, did you get? My sister instigated it and I was all in. Like, yeah, that sounds great. Who did you get and what did you get? I got my brother's other half. Right. And they are massive, um, like, uh, they are, and I mean this with every bit of love in the world, but they're massive nerds, like uh, video games, board games, uh, into, like, all that sort of stuff. They play Dungeons and Dragons, and I love them, uh, but so I got them a board game from a board game designer, like an indie board game from a board game designer. They like his new one, so it'll go down a storm. Oh, that's great. Great work, buddy. No, I know. I am a great guy. Whoa! All I, right, mate. I'll, um... I asked my brother, "What should I buy your uh, future wife?" And he said, "I'll oh, get her this." So uh, I'm not a great guy at all. Yeah, but that's the best way to do it. I basically cheated, uh, and yeah, so I only then had to buy for my parents, my wife, my grandma, and that's it. So it was uh, thank you, Amazon. I did all my Christmas shopping in about 25 minutes. I am. I'm doing like a hamper of all my parents' favourite things. To oh, like, why aren't I know... doing something like that? That's delightful. And guess what? Well, you know, at Talk Sport, we had the bosses gave us like a hamper of, uh, the, the of Fortnum, goodies. The Fortnum and Mason hamper turned up and they were like, everybody help yourself to one thing from the hamper. I got some great chutney. Well, did, did that happen? One thing from the hamper upstairs? Oh, no. People were taking more than one thing upstairs oh. on Talk Radio and Talk Sport. So when it came to... When it came to it, and I came in a bit later on in the day, was there anything left? No. Well, there was. There was the hamper. So I've got the hamper, which nice. I'm going to put all the stuff in for my parents. Yes. Actually, the TalkSport 2 hamper's still here. I could take that today. And then get your parents a hamper's worth of stuff. Oh, I might do that. Ollie, I'm going to steal your idea and, and make Christmas great again. Uh, <laughs> any actual what? final thoughts this time? That was an actual final thought. Yeah, no, I know. But, you know, we just started a ramble and it happens and it keeps happening. Uh, so otherwise, thank you very much for listening, as always. Uh, as I said, we'll be back Christmas morning because we're that dedicated. Uh, otherwise, we love you guys. We love you. Thank you very much for listening, guys. This has been The Gridiron Show. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just stretching. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.